Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org and find a written version of the Roundup with links to all of these stories. The first one of the week, Discrimination Common and Impacting Health Access. Center for American Progress released a State of the LGBTQI Plus Community Report with some troubling findings for LGBT health. Those include that one in three respondents postponed or skipped medical care due to costs within the past year, while one in five did so because of discrimination or disrespect by providers. Additionally, in the same time period, one in three respondents had a negative experience with mental health professionals, which was even higher for people of color and gender minorities among that sample. In terms of social determinants of health, which we know are really important for making sure that people have health insurance and can live a healthy life, a half of respondents said that they had experienced discrimination or harassment at work within the past year, while about 3 in 10 reported the same with respect to housing. Next up, exploring LGBT nonprofits. IPM Advancement published a report on LGBT nonprofit organizations, and they found that LGBT-specific organizations grew by 12% between 2015 and 2018, and saw revenue from diversified sources grow by more than 10% in a recent period. For example, between 2016 and 2017, philanthropic giving increased by almost 19%, which the report suggests could be related to a perceived greater social-political need for LGBTQ causes during that time. While almost every state had at least one nonprofit aimed specifically at this population, many, including some smaller states like Vermont and some states like Louisiana and Arkansas, only had one. California led the way with 103 organizations, which makes sense in that it is the biggest state in in the country, but several other big states um, like Texas and Florida lagged quite a bit behind proportionally in terms of California. So definitely some things that make sense there just based on population and maybe some areas that seem to be under-resourced. Now our next story, more evidence for HPV needs. JNCI Cancer Spectrum published a study finding that compared to heterosexual men, sexual minority men had higher prevalence of oral HPV, genital HPV, and concordant oral and genital HPV, the latter of which they say is a new confirmation made in this study. The authors explored the importance of these findings for cancer prevention and policy, especially improved vaccine coverage. Um, As you may know, boys and young men have long been left out of HPV vaccination initiatives. That has started to change, um, but basically they're saying that these findings point out the need for more action in that area. Next up, new legislative sessions target LGBT rights. Kaiser Health News reported on anti-LGBT and especially anti-transgender bills that are advancing in some state legislatures as many are gearing up um, in the new year. Utah, for example, is moving to restrict access to gender-affirming care, as are 10 other states. One of these is Texas, which is also considering copying Florida's Don't Say Gay or Trans law from last year that restricts speech in schools and services as well, and which LGBT advocates say is discriminatory and harmful. Next up, MPOX has declined, but why? 
NBC News unpacked the decline of the MPOX epidemic, which had been known as monkeypox before a name change to make it less stigmatizing. For example, in the U.S., cases dropped from 500 a day in August to 100 a day in October to about five or less a day currently. While a relatively fast vaccine rollout is likely partially to thank for the outbreak's decline, experts also give a lot of credit to grassroots efforts among LGBT people and organizations who are able to quickly share information and reduce risk. The article also explores how acquired immunity among social networks may have helped the virus to burn itself out in some ways because people in those social circles, enough people had been sick where they, they were immune to, to getting sick again. So a couple of interesting theories and probably um, will take a while in some uh, scientific study to understand better, but hopefully that research continues so that we are better prepared for future incidents of this nature. And now our last story of the week, non-binary actor won't be The Last of Us. Into reported that Bella Ramsey, star of the new show The Last of Us and an alum of Game of Thrones, has come out as, quote, very much a person versus identifying as male or female. Instead, 19-year-old Ramsey has begun selecting non-binary as their gender when it's available on forms, which is something that we've covered here a lot on the podcast when it comes to healthcare forms in particular. Ramsey has also celebrated acting awards that are presented without gender. Their work has explored themes like body image and disordered eating, and no spoilers here from me because I, I am a gamer, but I have not played The Last of Us, um, but the series, the game series, has been praised for its LGBT storylines, so we will see if the TV series follows suit, and maybe um, Ramsey will get to be part of a little bit more LGBT television as well. That concludes another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find any of these stories and articles and check them out for yourselves. Thanks. 